0: hey everybody and welcome to another episode of alicia shanice reviews i am your host and it's your girl shanice checking in with you with another episode of narcos mexico we have made it to the last two episodes i'm so happy because when we started the platform a few months back i couldn't wait to get on narcos and we've knocked out um narcos uh columbia and we're already about to enter season two and i like i said i love talking about this i could talk about it all day so it's i'm just happy to see the growth um of the platform i'm happy to see people are checking me out it's very humbling um i'm just just happy you know i've always wanted to do this so you know just Look little geeked up right now. You know, I always say, believe in yourself. Don't let nobody knock you off what you want to do. If you have a dream and you want to do it, no matter how small you think it is or how, you know, try to people might not believe in you, believe in yourself and you can do all things. And that's some of the, you know, the really shit I could ever say. And I'm just really being honest. Never let nobody knock you off something that you want to do. Enough, enough. I know I'm not going to go on a long rant, but I am excited to get to these last two episodes. I had to go back and rewatch it. Like I said, I've watched this over and over. I watched all the documentaries on it. And the last three episodes just break my heart because I know the backstory and I know how true it was. So if I get a little emotional during this conversation, please forgive me. <laughs> but, um, this is really, really real, you know? Um, don't forget, guys, um, before we start season two, I promised a bonus episode, so we are going to knock out the documentary, so please watch them uh, so we can talk about them and, you know, you know what I'm talking about While I'm going over to find details um, Just a reminder, um, I might don't do the documentaries to Thursday, so you have time to catch them. Um, the first one is on Hulu, and it's called Narcos. It's like a TV series, but you want to go to episode three, and that one will cover the Guadalajara cartel, what we've been talking about. Also, the one on Prime Video, so if you have Amazon Prime, you want to tune in to that one, and it is called The Last Narc it's cut in. it's four hour documentary but it's cut into like four episodes i promise you they go hand in hand with this um tv series and the thing the funny part about it is i had never heard of the story of kiki camarena right but you know everybody knows about pablo so when i watch narcos like you guys know i do i uh I, anytime I watch something and I find out it was a true story, I go digging and digging and digging, you know? So when um, Narcos Columbia went off and I went straight to season two, I remember that how they had talked about the DEA agent who had got murdered in Mexico. So I couldn't get off into um narcos mexico at first but then i remembered the steam about the documentary and on how they were trying to sue them and sue amazon for putting out this because they considered it like classified documents and everything and i'm like you know the government and whoever they're not gonna put up a steam and a fight for something that's not gonna you know be an impact so that made that drew me in more because i was interested in wanting to know about um the dea agent And then when, you know, you start kicking up steam, some smoke there. So I started wanting to know about it. So I watched a documentary first. I watched one episode. I couldn't get into it. Then I watched the documentary. And, oh, my God, it got me so emotional. And it just drew me in where I just got to doing more research and more research. So. Um, When I say that the four hours are really worth and you really it's a lot in Spanish. So you really want to pay attention. But I promise you, it's not a waste of time. It's really, really good. And it just shows you how deep the story gets. So enough rambling on. Those are the two docs. We're just going to cover them in one episode. Uh, We'll probably drop that Thursday at the latest Friday. I guarantee it'll be out by Friday. Also, we will be to check me out Sunday or Monday for the Raisin Canaan review. I try to get that out Sunday to you guys. And um, pretty much that sums it up. Then we're going to move on to Snowfall. After we're done with Narcos, I mean, of course, we have to do season two, of course. But after that 10 um, episodes, we'll break them down like we've been doing Narcos. Like we'll do one and two together, three and four, et cetera. Then we're going to move into Snowfall. But before we get into Snowfall, I have a couple documentaries that I want to go over that's going to tie into Snowfall. And then, like I said, it's a method to the madness. Then you'll see how they kind of all tie in together, like I said, with the Narcos you know, I know it's a TV show, but it's really, you know, a lot based on reality and, you know, true true events that happen. So you see on how, the government was behind so many things it was behind this contra war and you see how they got all of it over here and then you see how it basically destroyed the inner cities the black communities especially with the crack era and the, under the reagan administration so you see what it did on how they got it over here and what they went through and then you see how when it got over here what it did to you know our communities and everything so like I said, it all it all ties in with each other. And that's why I love talking about the TV shows, but then talking about breaking down what really happened in the documentaries. So on that note, I promise I'm not gonna try to hold you guys too long. This podcast might be a little bit longer, but come on, I'm dropping content, right? You can always pause the pod if I'm taking too long. You know, you're riding home, I don't want to feel like listening to no music. Tune back in where you left off at. So it might be a little lengthy tonight, I'll try not to make it too long but if you don't have time to listen to the pod don't forget you can always check out my dope playlist if you got good spotify it's free you can just download it and I have some dope playlists on there and I'm making more and more all of my playlists are under Shanice loves and then it'll have like Shanice love 90s r&b hip-hop etc just check me out I made all of my um profile pictures they all kind of look the same so it's easy to find me you can find me on my social media platforms IG Alicia Shanice Facebook Alicia Shanice and on that note let's get into the show name is Shanice and she's the one her name is Shanice and she's the one. So we open up with um, Narcos Mexico, episode nine, and it's titled 881 Lope de Vega. And that was the address of the house that Kiki Camarino was held hostage at it op- it opens up with the opening scene of Kiki walking in a house he shows him limping like you know he got beat up or something and Mika's like what took you so long to get home and she's like who did you piss off today and he's like you have no idea what kind of day um I had and it kind of gives you the impression, like, did they let him go? You know, because we know what's going to happen, but, you know, we really don't know the first time you're watching it. Like, like did he get away the first time? And she kind of wakes up um, in a dream, and she sees that the bed is still made, and he never came home. And I think that, you know, everyone has experienced nights like that where you might have a dream that seems so surreal when you wake up and you know, it's just like a lonely feeling. And one fact about that is I was watching um, one of the documentaries and she was saying on how she never could sleep when he wasn't at home. She always kind of had to, you know, lay up with him. And she said, for some reason that night, she slept like a baby, you know, like it was just really a strange, eerie feeling. Um, I thought that was very interesting. So when she wakes up and she sees that, um, he's not home, that's like a natural panic, right? So she calls Jamie and she's like, Hey, you know how you kind of try to psych yourself out. She calls him like, I know you probably, you know, have him on a job. Uh, do you know what time he's coming home? And he like, Mika, I don't have him on a job. You, you know, uh, did he come home after lunch? Did he leave after lunch? And she says he never showed up for lunch so that lets Jamie know right there something is wrong so it goes straight to the next scene and we see um, we're at the hotel of Miguel Felix's office and we have him and Rafa and Donito in there and they're arguing because they're pissed off Donito is livid and Rafa just has like an arrogant attitude like I did what we have to do. We'll be fine. You guys need to calm down. We pay everybody to take care of us. And Donito, you know, he's from the old school. That's where um, Miguel Felix always went for it, you know, the game or whatever. And Miguel Felix, um, Donito was telling him, not only are you stupid, but you're very arrogant. And you have no idea when America finds out that their agent is missing, what's coming for you. And, you know, he's still kind of arrogant and Miguel Felix has to cuss him out and let him know that this is not a game they use you once they find the agent because you know he's not going to make it the first person they're going to turn in is you and they're trying to let him see that but it's of arrogance in their air and he kind of listens to Miguel more and I believe that this part was very dramatized We'll get more into tonight's episode I'm going to mainly talk about the series And I might say like little facts in there But um, we're talking about in the series When we got to talking about the documentaries I'll talk about um, footage I've seen From the real um, capture of all three Um, Miguel Felix basically tell Rafa just disappear I'm going to help you out this last time It's time to disappear So Rafa kind of looks puzzled Because he knows when um, Miguel Felix says something He's the one with all the connections And um, it's time to listen Excuse me I have to take some water My mouth get dry <laughs> So Goes to the next scene And We see Kiki getting Tortured um, He's all bloody It's very sad And It's more sadder after you dig, Do some digging And see everything that happened to this man We go to February um, 5th 1985 And they talk about how The sooner the action, when it's a kidnapping, the better result you'll have of someone coming home. But on that day, February 5th, 1985, that didn't exist. And now in these days, it's the first thing to do on a handbook. But back then, everybody sat on their ass and nobody did a thing. We go to Mika, she's dressed by now and she goes into the police station, well, you know, the DEA agency and she walks in on Jamie on the phone. He's talking to Ed, the asshole and he's basically telling him like something is wrong. Kiki didn't come home and he like, well, does he have a girlfriend or something? And he's like, bruh, I don't think you hear me. Your own agent never showed up. He doesn't have a side chick, you know, he should be home. We don't have a job. He like, well, what what does his partner say? And he's like, you know, just befuddled, because he's like, this asshole, you sent his, you rotated his, his partner home two weeks ago. He's down here by himself. So that just shows you how much they care, right? And Mika walks in and she overhears everything and she's like telling him like me and Kiki talked about this, you know, did you call the morgue? Did you call the hospitals? If he's nowhere to be found, that means they must want something from him. They don't don't want ransom. They don't want this. They want information. So he's better to stay alive. And Jamie realized how much Kiki has confided in her because she knows about everything. So she basically, you know, Jamie kind of wakes up because at first he was, you know, looking, but... Not kinda it was surreal to him, so then he got up and he's going um to police station to a different precinct. he's going to talk to the captains, the chiefs the state police. And they're just turning him away. They're like, "Oh, you got to do a missing, uh, file a missing persons report." Oh, we need a warrant. And it, it, like, nobody is paying him any attention. Everybody is just sitting on their ass, blowing cigarettes in his in his face. You know, with the sarcastic smoker. You know, like you know, you hit a puff and you blow it in somebody's face. <laughs> like just being just straight assholes. Like it's not a, a human being. You know, it, it was just ridiculous and very sad. Um, so then they end up telling him, well, you need to go get an attorney so they can sign a warrant. So then he's calling around place to place. Every attorney is hanging up on him. Why? Because more than likely they have money on another team, you know? So Jamie didn't have anybody. And you can just tell he's overwhelmed. He's sitting, he goes back to where Kiki was abducted at. He's sitting in front of his car, the abandoned car. And it's like losing hope. And when he gets back to the agency, um, America finally woke up and sent all the other DEA agents down there. And they all came together. And that was a true fact. They all went down there. One of the agents that went down there was Agent Pena. So if you followed me when we were doing Narcos Columbia, you remember Murphy and Pena. Murphy was not there, but Pena was down in Mexico on this case to look for Kiki. They sent all of the agency down there. And in the 80s, remember it was the DEA agency was fairly new. So it wasn't like a whole bunch of them like it is today. Like this story made the DEA, respected and made them take them serious it it hadn't been around for too long so they all came together like a brotherhood and you know combined in all of the the search for him and they brought top-notch surveillance footages they had wiretaps and they were listening and they were they did not come to play and they did not come to play the games that mexico was playing um we see Mika goes to Jamie and he kind of can't lie to her anymore. He like lets her know like he's doing everything he can, but he can't do anything uh without the okay from you know up above and she like who is up above and he tells her about Ed and how he's an asshole and she like you know what I have experience with assholes. You point me in his way, and I loved it that. Um she goes to see Ed with Jamie, of course. He gives her a bullshit story. He's kind of very nonchalant and it would have made me, I wouldn't, me personally, I wouldn't have gave a damn who he, who he was. I wouldn't wanted to smack him. My husband works for your agency. He's put his life on the line. He's missing and you're sitting there like you don't even care. That would have pissed me off. This isn't just, oh, he left early. No, it's something wrong and you're sitting on your ass. So he kind of, uh, Gives her a story about how we have this big guy Who is not to play with He comes straight from Mexico City He is going to come get stuff done And that's when we get introduced to Armando Pavan Who is based off an actual real person So as you're watching it His character was not dramatized out um, Very true We'll get into that in the documentary But we see Rafa He's packed up He's ready to go they hear that he's um. they hear on the wire wiretapes that, you know, his workers are saying how boss is on his way to the airport. So they know to head on out to the airport. But Rafa makes a little stop and, you know, he can't go anywhere without Sophia. Sophia's on her way to church with her mother, uh, very being very dramatic, <laughs> like just over. You know, the strict life that she came from, you know, she came from a political background, um, very strict upbringing, um, always, you know, with the upper upper echelon crew. And, you know, Rafa was like what they would call a thug or something, you know, so he was never good enough for her. And they always hated him, as they should, right? Rafa and them stops and (laughs) they kind of crash into her mom's car, stopping it. Coco puts a gun in her mom's head and he's like I miss you and I'm going out of town do you want to join me? She hops out the car, her mom is screaming for her to come back. At that point, I would have been like, child. <laughs> you know, he, he didn't already kidnapped her like the fake kidnapping. Remember, they just do too much. Like at that point just be together. You know, like just take that away. Um but it uh, she hops in a car with Rafa, and they head to the airport. And when they get there, they're loading up. Uh, Coco's bringing him the weed that they had left over from the field after the raid, and they're ready to go. They're living their best life on a private plane. And we have the police bus come up, and we have all of our American DEA agents on the same team with the cops, so to say. And we have the great Armando Pavon, who is supposed to be like the top notch guy to end all of this he puts his gun down to go talk to rafa because at this time you know the cello crew they don't play and they don't care about cops they put a gun out on put the guns out on them so it's like a standoff so um armando Pavon gets out the car he puts his gun he like rafa let's go talk they go in the airplane and he like no bribes today Uh, rafa offers him a million dollars he comes out and make a phone call and we have like the American DEA agents looking like, what the fuck is he doing? Because we know over here, we know what they, they'll do, right? And it's a totally different story over there. So when he comes out, he like, that's not Rafa Car- Car- Quintero, That is DFS. And Jamie is like, are you kidding me? Because, you know, they've been following. They know exactly who Rafa is. They like, that is Rafa Caratino. He said, that's DFS. And Rafa starts laughing they all get on a plane he shoots his uzi up in the air and he's like bring better guns mother you know blank blank i don't want to cuss too much and shoots up in the air and the plane takes off as unrealistic as that seems can you believe that that was true i paused for a minute can you believe that that was true it was very true he pulled off like that He was bribed at the airport. He shot up in the air like that. That was a very true scene. Very, very true. It is in the documentary. I please check it out before we talk about it. After that, they are like in disbelief. Like what the best man? And Mika is pissed. She is livid as she should. She goes and she cusses it the fuck out as she should she um embarrasses him in front of the ambassador in front of the um acting administrator of the DEA and Ed is sitting there he is so embarrassed and they're like they kind of interrupt they're like what can we do she's like find my husband <clears throat> moving along we show Azale, Azul going to show up at felix and letting them know like hey um americans have brought in reinforcement uh it's time to go and before he gets in the office we see tony walking out well, we see Tony kind of holding him up at first because we see, like, a hooker in there dealing with him. Because all of a sudden, remember, Felix was this humble guy at first with Marie, and now he's just a ladies' man. And when Tony walks out, he asks him, Tony, tell, tell this guy how many men you've killed in Vietnam. And he's like, not enough, sir. And, uh, Miguel starts laughing. And that just shows you how arrogant he's become, and how he's tried to become like the Falcon. Because in episode one, do you guys remember? That's how Falcon did him when he was introduced to him, because Tony worked for Falcon. Um, so Azul basically lets him know, like, you have to get up out of here, Felix. It's, it's not a game no more. Whereas Rafa, he's letting them know there's there he's coming. It's it's not a game anymore. So. Felix hurry up and packs up. He takes off. Um, We go to the scene where we see Kiki getting tortured again. And they kind of take him outside to let him eat um, a bowl of something to eat. And he sees the pilot who he flew over the fields with and took the pictures. And he's all beaten up and bruised and confused. And he's like, I don't know. I'm just a pilot. I don't know why they have me here of course we know that's very true um in his murder they did find two bodies and it was him and the pilot who flew over the field and also in a lot of the interviews i've watched with um even agent murphy and Pena, as much as they had something to do with narcos columbia The guy, Hector, who we'll be talking about, he was a DEA agent as well. They said they couldn't even stomach to watch that because they said that was totally fraudulent. Nobody gave him nothing to eat. The stuff that we've seen in this uh, show was nothing like the real torture that this man experienced and went through. So we see that part, and it's very sad. Um, He sees the guy like, what names did he give you? And they're like he doesn't know anything and they're like back to it. And, you know, he sees that, you know, it's about to be more torture. And we see Mika and Kiko, she's sitting there crying and he comes out and tries to comfort her. And he's like, dad, is he okay? And she can't even just look him in the eye. You know, it's just so much distress and stress on her body and spirit and soul. Felix goes to talk to Donito and Donito is pissed. Like I warned you, we were fine the way we wanted to be. You went and got Mexico City involved when you wanted to get in the cocaine business. And, you know, Felix like, hold on. I think it's a way out of this. We go straight to the next scene. We see Rafa in Costa Rica, him and Sophia, they're over there doing their thing. They're living like, you know, it's just them on the island. They are having a the time living their best lives, like not a cure in the world. Mika, um, after she talks to the administrator of the DA, we see real news footage because, you know, now he's like, no, we're doing something because now the big guys are involved. And when the American media gets involved and they let up, they let them know how police abducted Kiki and they watched and the DFS was involved. Once American media gets into it, it's no games anymore. You know, it's no games. They even shut down the border and that was real. They shut down the border. They uh, it was no crossovers. Everyone who did crossover, they search every car. So, you know, that that brings a lot of attention and it's a lot of bad business and it looks bad on the government. So that's when they decided that, um, you know, they had to do something. So Miguel Felix sees it's getting worse. So he drops the dime on Rafa. It shows Rafa and him having a heart to heart and Rafa is t- you know calling him his brother, letting him know, you know, thank you for each and everything that you've always done for me. We see the brotherhood in them. And then as soon as they're off the phone, we see that police bus happening and they bust in there and they they get him, they kill Kuko Cu- 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 and they, Sophia snitched him out as soon as she can <laughs> soon as she can they' like who is this and she lets him know because he got busted from as uh, soon as he got there he was already spotted from buying cars so you know you had the Costa Rica um officers willing to help and they had already had eyes on him before they even got over there to get him very true um but real footage he was very char- charismatic when he was captured. It didn't look, didn't look like he had a bruise on him at all. Um, he was joking and laughing. The media was laughing with him. And we'll talk about that in the documentary. So how it looked like he was all beat up and stuff. Nah, not at all. Um, We go back to Kiki and he's still getting tortured. And he's, you know, going in and out where, you know, he keeps basically dying and they bring a doctor in to push like adrenaline in his heart to keep him from dying so like every time he's about to pass they stuck you know adrenaline in him causing him cardiac arrest like no person should ever do this um rafa ends up folding so he uh busts out the address of where kiki is at And this was like a really intense scene because you didn't know what was happening. You have him telling the address of where they're at. It shows Mika reading a book of Charlotte's web and it shows like Miguel Felix closing some doors, looking like he still might be in the house of that address and the police rushing in. But Miguel Felix and Donito was at another house and you know, he's feeling bad. And Donito was like, Rafa made his own bed. And as, Mika is finishing up reading up the Charlotte web story and saying how Charlotte died alone. We see that Kiki is no longer in the house. So we're basically guessing that he's already passed. And that was season. I mean, that was episode nine episode 10 comes on and it just gets straight to the point. It's a, they got a tip and they're talking about the tip. They're spying on a big, on a ranch and they go in there and all hell breaks loose. It's like a war. Um, We got Jamie and i trying to run up to the attic because that's where they think he could be at. They have a tip that, you know, he was spotted there and um everybody in the house ended up getting slaughtered. It was like a bloodbath. Very true. They find Kiki. They find him in the pilot's body. Um, You see the real neat, the real news footage of them carrying his body out. You see like it very sad, and he goes until Mika, Mika breaks down, and that did happen, it was a bloodbath, Um, they tried to say it was like a trafficker's house, but his body hadn't been there too long, it was just dropped off that same day that he, they got the tip, and they say that, you know, they basically put the body somewhere that was a thorn of, of a home of that the family was like somebody who worked for the Congress or something, and was like a thorn in her ass, so kind of like you're knocking two things out at once. You planted his body there, made it seem like they were big traffickers. No, no big guns or anything was found. So, you know, more um human loss over all of this. You know, more murder, more innocent lives lost after all of this. Um, I liked how they showed the real footage because we see all the old news clips. We see um, how they carry his body out, wrapped up like that. Mika goes to the morgue to see his body, and she just breaks down. Um, she sees how bloody and bruised it is, and all the torture he experienced. And you know how you might see somebody or hear something happen to somebody, one of your loved ones, or somebody you care about just anybody, you know? He, you know, one good thing you could say is, oh, well. You know, I'm just happy they don't have to suffer anymore. But when you actually hear it and see all of that—the wounds, the the broken skulls, and everything—it just it messes you up anymore because you hate to even think of that. It goes into the next scene, and we have the autopsy released, and we have Jamie in there with Ed and the Ambassador and all of them, and the guy. From the military is reading off the autopsy And we see how he had all of those broken bones He had fractures to the head He had a broken skull He had drills all through his body And you know how they have the the, uh, picture And you see all the scars It it was just very, very sad Um, They say it's time for a change And rules are about to start changing It's time for answers Because when they see that Everything he went through by it made news footage to the American media and you know that one of your agents is lost. It don't look good to even let that slide. So now it's really time for a change. So we see the cops who were acting like just straight, you know, you know what? They start getting arrested. DFS members start getting arrested. And the DFS is supposed to be, like, untouched. You know, they're like a part of the CIA on that side on Mexico. And we see even some of the dirty ones getting murdered, getting shot in the head. Donito, he goes into hiding first, but he tells, you know, Felix where he's going. Felix tells him he's going to Sinaloa. So Donito's not going to Sinaloa. He goes to an island and Felix goes back to Sinaloa. And with all of this news footage and you know how hot it is right now, our girl Isabella, she sees the opportunity to go after what she's always been about. And if it wasn't for Felix, if it was you know, if it wasn't for her, Felix wouldn't be where he was that at the time. And I am talking about in the series. We'll talk about the characters later. So when I say some of the stuff, this is just about the T V series. Get some water, you guys. <clears throat> So Isabel goes to Tijuana. She speaks with the um, Felix brothers. And, you know, she presents her plan in motion to Benjamin for him to take over. Because she like, Felix is not getting out of this. So he calls for a big plaza meeting. In Sinaloa, they get information. Somebody bust out Felix. So the guy who's supposed to be... The big guy, you know the one who they caught who really don't the guy who really don't play no games, remember the guy um he came in the one who went after raffle who was not about any games, who was like, what does warrants have to do um he's supposed to be like the guy he's he was the other one he goes and he finds the governor Cecil Governor Cecil he hides out Felix, and his son is like pleading with him uh. To you know He's like family take care of him But we know Governor Cecil is dirty So he puts Felix in a home But also tells um, The other man Where Felix is staying So they go after After him Which is crazy Like It's just crazy On how all this stuff happened So after that they go and find Felix and he is ready to do his job and Felix lets him know like I have a million dollars right in this and he like look look, I came for money I don't give a damn about your money it's time to go but Felix kind of opens up his ears when he tells him well I have the tapes seven tapes from the interrogation of um Asian Camerano and two of them are from your Your boss is in Mexico City. If you bring me in, something's going to happen to you. So he listens to him and he knows what he means by that. So he basically dimes out Donito. He gives him all the tapes and takes out the ones of him and Mexico City. They go and they find Donito. Donito kind of goes out like he has his music on over him. He have his headphones on. They bust in there and he's just watching the shootout. He's sitting there like, if I go, I go. And they get him. And Sammy is like, how did they catch you? And then he like, Felix made his move. Donito is so, so street smart. He knows how the game is played. He already know how he was busted. And he just sits there like, it's either I'm going to die in prison or I'm just going to take this bullet. So he just sits there and that was just crazy to me. Another fact, um, it shows Don Nito when he's getting arrested. Um, this shows the real footage when he's on his way to court and he like he didn't have a care in the world. He had the peace sign up. He's smiling, putting the shades on. But Don Nito never really even really like in real life. He never wanted any. He always thought that was a bad idea. He wasn't he didn't want to be a part of that. Um, and he was arrested second. So now we just have Felix. He's free. Um, it just shows uh, Mika just very distraught, sitting in the room, just looking at clothes, looking at the bed they sleep in. She goes to she's very hurt, mad, pissed, everything, every emotion you could possibly think of, and she goes to the hotel and Felix is not inside at all. You know she she doesn't know what to do. So that was our last time seeing her in the series because they don't show her in season two. So after that, we get to one of the next scene and we see Jamie meeting with Ed and the Ambassador, all of them again, and they're just talking. And he's like, you know what are we supposed to do now you know this isn't over we got two men one of the main guys is still out there this was a cover-up it was no way the cartel did this by itself everybody needs to be charged with this and uh, believe it or not they agree with him this time and they let him know like look i know how it was before but now the government has their eyes open. We're not We're not going to let one of our agents go down like this without doing something. And they kind of show them the classified documents and letting them know that they're bringing a new team to Mexico. This is going to be a different kind of team. It's going to be strictly undercover. They won't even see us coming. And it's called Operation Leander, which was really Operation Leander. And we can talk about that in the um, documentaries as well. And then we'll see Operation Leander do what it do in season two as well. Um, after that, Felix shows up at the meeting. We see the Felix brothers. We see Pablo Acosta. We see Hector. We see all of the plazas together. Isabel and Benjamin, Felix. They're presenting this plan in motion, letting them know that they can go ahead and you know continue what they what they've built without Felix. And I don't know where Felix shows up with the army. You know, since he was able to save everybody's ass with them tapes, he's back in control. And Isabel's eyes are big. Benjamin and Felix, no, he didn't mess up. He don't know what's about to happen to him. Um, Felix walks up while smug. He dismisses Isabella, letting her know this is business and she's not included. Um, she is livid, and I don't blame her. Um, Felix, you know, he lets them know. You know, everything is back on, you know, Donito and Rafa has went down, but they'll always be in their hearts and a whole bunch of other bullshit. He's running on them, and, you know, plans go on and everybody is there shook because now people know he's protected and know it's nothing they can say about it. If they say something in and there, they are dead. So they see how protected and how powerful he is, and he flaunts his power when he calls Governor Cecil, and he's like, hey, sorry I haven't called you, I've been busy, and Governor Cecil, when he hears his voice, he already knows who's protecting him, and he lets him know to go check his door, he has a package, and we see his son's head splattered which was pretty fucked up because that his son was like a godson to him. That's who he threw the wedding for. That's who was pleading with his father to help protect Miguel. And he had him murdered just to prove a point to governor Cecil. And then it shows him walking and he's remembering a conversation that he had in the home with Kiki Camarena and he's like, why did you do all of this? If this isn't your country, this had nothing to do with you. And Kiki's letting him know, like, I was born here. And he was like, just tell the men what they, you know, what they want to know when you can go home. And he's like, I'm, I'm dead. You know, I'm already dead. But one thing is you fucked up when you did this. So that conversation kind of goes with him to season two, where he kind of remembers that conversation totally dramatized out. That never happened. Like I said, they on the show, they portray it like, you know, it was just all about business and it was just a little torture here and there. They, they you know, they show you, but the way how they're acting like they fed him and were having nice conversations, pleading with him to just tell what was on the tapes, never happened. Um, We see the real news footage. I love that they do that. We see how they bring his body back over they have like the um you know the flag you see his wife sitting there crying you see the news the news footage of you know them talking about the case you see how he was on like time magazine and it basically you know tells the story of how it changed the DEA and woke their eyes up and how it birthed the first cartel then we kind of go to the border and we see like you know this guy coming in Looking like he's drunk Ready to just vacation party over the border They let him in And what do we know That's our undercover DEA Operation Leander They have the classified documents Of everybody there to go after And that's how it goes off And he like they fucked with our agent We're here now So that leads us into season two Um, We made it guys <laughs> We made it all at 1 through 10 and that was the story of Kiki Camarena. We would uh that was the television part and we'll um talk about the documentaries either Thursday or Friday, so catch me for that. Season one was basically the story of him that have a lot to do with everything. Um and the birth of the cartel. So when we hear people talk about the El Chapos and, you know, his his lineage. El Chapo was nothing compared to him, to, to this cartel. This was their birth. This was the start of it all. So we will continue with season two, and that'll lead us into the capture of Miguel Felix and on how Mexico has become what it is today. Then when we're done with season two, season three should be shortly coming out, and that is about a motto. So in season two, make sure you tune in. There is more of the division of the plazas, the capture of Miguel Felix, Um, And everybody basically coming into their own. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I love talking about it. Um, We'll pick up in a couple days on the documentaries. And we'll do season two. Don't forget, follow me on my social medias. Alicia Shanice. Playlist Shanice loves in any genre you like and I I hope you guys have a blessed night thank you again for your support and on that note it's your girl Shanice and I'm out